Welcome to Triumph and Disaster, a show dedicated to manly creativity and culture. Brought to you by your host, Cameron McHarg. Hey guys, we're back for another episode of Triumph and Disaster. And this week, I'm really excited to have Matthew Wilder on. And Matthew Wilder is a uh, an accomplished uh, writer and director. And uh, he's most well known for just recently uh, being the screenwriter for Dog Eat Dog, starring Nicolas Cage and Willem Dafoe, and directed by the legendary Paul Schrader. And uh, we started out, um, he's <laughs> he's an extremely sharp guy, and just really, really snarky and funny. And uh, we started out, actually, in a way I'm kind of glad we don't have it, but in another way I'm not. But um, we must have had probably like almost 20 or 30 minutes starting out talking just really about all kinds of funny shit, just uh, Ron Jeremy and Steven Seagal and just going on these riffs. And then we finally started talking and then we realized that uh, the recording wasn't really going on at that point. So we had to start over, but then we started over basically right at about the point where we really started to to talk about everything for real. So that's all in there. And uh, we, you know, we cover a lot about doggy dog and how that happened. And uh, Eddie Bunker, if you're not familiar who he is, um, he is uh he's the he's the guy who wrote the novel Doggy Dog the, and he um he's written a lot of big crime novels that have turned into uh, a lot of movies that you're familiar with and and you'll find out more about that if you don't know who he is and uh, just about drive-ins and the influence of drive-ins for us as kids growing up and um, uh, about Paul Schrader and uh, about just all kinds of different things about movies and uh, this really is kind of a movie dork episode so. If you're into movies, you're going to love this. If you don't know much about them, you're going to learn a lot because the only guy who has a comparable encyclopedic film knowledge to uh, Matthew Wilder is probably Quentin Tarantino. And it's arguable who knows more. It's really, it's that extensive. So here he is. And at the end, you're going to see that there's going to be a, um, there's sort of a dual episode. I'm going to go ahead and put them both out at the same time, I think, with uh, Kevin Schulman. Kevin Schulman was on earlier. He was, I think he was on only like the second or third episode of the show. And he's back. He actually stopped by. They're friends, and he actually stopped by the Kings Road Cafe where we, uh, where we're having coffee and, and doing this. And then we have kind of a, a dual three-way talk. And uh, I'll put that on a different episode. But he, he kind of cuts in in the middle of this, and you'll see that. Anyway, here's Matthew Wilder. Enjoy. All right, we're on. We're back. So you know, here, here's the deal, you guys. Have Matthew Wilder. We're here at Kings Road Cafe. We're on, and. By the way, we were talking for about thirty fucking minutes. We're good? Yeah, we're good, and it wasn't recorded. We're gonna we're gonna rewind to. We were talking about Ron Jeremy and Steven Seagal, and uh, that's how it started. <laughs> the major. So we were talking about how, uh, yeah, how we met the first time, and uh, it was about you know socking a guy, and so you, you guys uh, you guys uh, missed all that stuff. Yeah. So, but then we were talking about um, how. So you want to introduce your? I'll, I'll do a little intro before this uh, before this part. But we were talking about drive-ins and how you saw your first movie, and you were exposed to. Uh, you want to talk about that again? This, we'll just revisit that. Yeah. Uh, oh my god, and no drive-ins anymore. <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> and the guy with the big mustache. <laughs> yeah. 
Exactly. And I, and then I was talking about how big of an impact drive-ins were for me, and how my dad would take me to like Bruce Lee movies and whatever Cheech and Chong movies, and and how I don't know. There's something about that was that was my first intro to 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 movies. I mean, one of my first intros to it, and. I would think so. Why wouldn't you? I mean, you can sneak in beer and whatever. You can have, you know, they, they, there's a couple, exactly, exactly. There's a couple that exist, but they don't have, like, I remember them having, like, there'd be, like, a playground in the front. There'd be, like, this really bad uh, snack bar with cardboard pizzas and, and like, glue nachos. And, and uh, but the movies were specifically, like, B-movie, drive-in movies. If you go there today, it's probably, like, I don't know, Transformers playing up there or whatever, you know what I mean, mall movies. So it's kind of a different experience. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's one there and there's one called, I think, Mission Tiki or something. Yeah, yeah. just had to watch just the visual movie yeah still so speaking of drive-ins i had this thought like the drive-in that was in heat is has been paved over do you remember the drive-in in heat there's a scene where uh, they ambush the guys they pull up and uh falcomer snipes him and yeah or tom sizemore you know has the shotgun there's a whole scene in heat and so I just thought this is kind of an interesting segue because the character that John Voigt plays in Heat is based on Eddie Bunker, who was, uh, that's right, yeah, yeah. And uh, I think he was still around then, and I think he actually advised Michael Mann a bit on, on, on that. And uh, Eddie Bunker, well, we're going to get into who he is. He wrote one of my favorite books, Nobody's So Fierce, which we were talking a little bit about this before it cut off but he was also in case just this might be an easier reference for some people listening he was Mr. Blue in Reservoir Dogs the older guy with the beard and the long hair and if you look at that movie and you look at Mr. Blue and you look at, uh, at John Voight looks a lot like him in there so that's what he was kind of and even though his speech patterns exactly exactly did you ever get to meet Eddie Bunker by the way Uh huh. Which you just just so people know. Okay. him back under her wing. It's so crazy. Yeah, I never knew that. So he'd be in the total underworld and then he'd be hanging out with those guys. Yeah. <laughs> 
sort of integrated. And it's been that way ever since, hasn't it? Yeah. Trying to have diplomacy and for a bank robbery or something, right? Yeah. back in yeah yeah this is gonna mention him didn't they know each other from prison Okay. Right. Sure. surprise you sometimes can he? he yeah it's true it's true yeah oh got a big loud truck hopefully they can hear us here uh, no I think he can hear you go ahead hold it close
Right. Right. Look at the lingo I know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember not to go out too far about him alone, but reading a No Be So Fierce, which at the time, this is I think the early two thousands. I paid like forty bucks for this paperback. It's reissued now, and I had to get it from like the UKS exactly. But uh, just the dread. I mean, I really it was. Um, he really puts you in there, you know. It's he really puts you in there, and I felt, I, I felt such a sense of dread and and. Uh, Which one? Straight time? Yeah, I think it's out there. Yeah, yeah, that's out there. Yeah. Really? Sure. Get clean or straight, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's so great, by the way. I love that guy. Okay. Yeah. Just some cell. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Right. Just to show that he's done time and right. First thing he did. Yeah. So obviously he's had some experience doing time. So yeah. So. All right. Right. Yeah. No, but. Well, he's just yeah, of course. But I, I think you really hit on a on a big thing there with uh, that really really bothers me, man. And and, and and you were seeing it so much with it with just people being offended by everything so much, and you can't you can't even write something like that. I've talked about this recently too, where like you can't like, there is lit- there are literally in colleges, and I mean, you know, like Yale. Ivy League, wherever, where there are warnings. They have to give warnings before they uh, read certain novels because they might have triggers that will make people offended or, or, or go into a little ball in the corner or something. I can't, I can't even, it makes me, I think it's actually kind of scary, but I mean, it makes me really angry that you can't, you can't do something like that in that movie, like, like a scene like that without, without, without criticism from all the, you know, all the blogs or all the fucking millennial, you know, whatever, what, like Bolter or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
So, right. So, so that's interesting that you say like, like, like legit adult, adult dramas that were done in the seventies. I don't know. Ordinary. I don't know. Kramer versus Kramer. Ordinary people. Whatever. Shit like that is not being done anymore in the movies. It's now TV essentially. So you think that you can actually get away with more in TV than in, uh, than in features? TV and movies are sort of one thing, yeah. Right, yeah. There's resistance towards that, but it's sort of like, it's it's a little bit futile, probably. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you. Although I think there, there are fewer and fewer of, uh, of us that think that way, but well, that look at it as a as a sort of a communal religious kind of ritual, you know, an, an experience that way. I mean, and you can get into the whole argument argument of like the uh, the actual film projection and the flicker and how that makes you feel like. I mean, you know what I'm getting to? Where there's there's like uh, states, whether it's alpha or beta, whatever states your brain is in, that you can get into, which this is, I think, really interesting. We've talked about this once before around a campfire. When you stare into the flicker of a flame, you, you know, you kind of go into this trance-like state, right? Or you, it's easy to. And what I think is interesting about that is apparently with the 24 uh, frame per second flicker, it, it sort of emulates that same kind of a state. And so when you think about people telling stories by the campfire, and then you translate that into going to the, in a group to a movie theater with this flicker, it's kind of a similar effect. And, and some people poo-poo that off, and I don't know, I like, to, I like to believe there's something to that, though. I think that's pretty interesting. Same thing. 
female and I mean you're saying lifting into the fire which I guess is sort of a reflection of the, of the stars sure um, but we're meant to be together and look up together and it's, there's something about that there I think so. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. So I, I, I think there's value in that. And I think, uh, you know, people talk about how digital projection actually cuts that off a little bit. I, I don't know if that does or not. Mm-hmm. And TV, yeah. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Digitized, like, oh no. But you never noticed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. All faded and yeah. Just so everybody know the new Beverly Cinema here in LA, they it's Tarantino's theater now. Yeah, and uh, he's adamant about it's all thirty five mm well sometimes sixteen, but it's all film projection. Yeah. Yeah. Exclusively. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I saw um, uh, Year of the Dragon there a couple months ago. Not so good. Not so good. And that was that was my thought. I actually thought, damn, you know, I like that I'm seeing this in the theater and uh, that it's film, but it didn't. The print wasn't that great, you know. I didn't think so. Um, and so that I had that similar thought. I was like, well, shit, you know. This is cool, but I kind of would like to see a really beautiful print of this, you know? Right. Did the same thing with vinyl and DVD or CDs and that whole thing. I don't know. It might be just trying to hold on to something that maybe there maybe there's not as much to it as we like to believe. But, but you mentioned earlier though that something about um, when we were talking about you know getting away with things on TV as opposed to to movies now and and how movies have become well they've changed. They're not what we what we what we looked for in movies and like maybe the 70s is now on TV if at all that's where we're going to find it with rare exception and this is where I'm going to try to segue into into doggy dog cuz i look i this is not i'm not fucking this is a talk and, and we're all over the place i don't come with notes and i don't interview this not it's not like that so i i'm going to admit that i only saw the first 30 minutes of doggy dog last fucking night so i'm not uh, walter cronkite i'm more of like Geraldo rivera or something here so I'm not a journalist. So we're just we're just talking. I didn't see it all. What I saw though is I saw enough to know that this is a really ballsy, irreverent movie. Like that, like he looked like Schrader, by the way, which we I don't think we've talked about since we were recording before Paul Schrader. It looked like he has just completely free hand in this thing. It looked like nobody was trying to fuck with it. it looked like he he really got experimental with this thing. It was it was it was ballsy and like you know hands off which is very rare um, so we can talk about that but you were the screenwriter for this film which I'll mention before we for the intro here so let's let's talk a little bit about that like how this experience how we talked about Eddie Bunker but how did you meet Paul Schrader and how did you get this gig and how this whole thing happened Mm-hmm. And there were these kids, and they were really, really, it was pretty 
pretty silly. They were, they were trying to hurt the team that produced it. And they said, oh, you know, we've got, we got Eddie Bunker, uh, we've got the Eddie Bunker book. And I think they had, they had done a thing with Danny Trejo. I think Trejo was just like, hey, you should get Eddie Bunker. And so they came to this guy thinking that he, he had a bunch of money, which he didn't really. And uh, they came and said they had to lay up I don't even remember if it was Doggy Dog. I think they might have originally picked some other bunker book. And, but I had known Doggy Dog and I kept my eye on it. So um, we met with them and it was hilarious. They, they, these kids were ridiculous. Um, we met with them and, and I, I said to them, okay, so Doggy Dog, whatever. So this book, do you guys have an option? Okay. Okay, I didn't know that. Oh, to sort of paint, sort of paint you as a cantankerous kind of, or, or, okay, 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 okay. Okay. Are you fucking kidding me? That's how it happened. At King's Row. <laughs> That's where we are. So, <laughs> no kickback, unfortunately. Have you ever met him before? Before that moment? Yeah. And you just got a call from him. Okay. Just in case, can we? Can you? I want you to continue where, from here, but can you just commit, say who he is in, in case? In case people don't know. By the way, I, I think that's a shame if anybody doesn't, but but go ahead. Right. Right. Hey, what's up? Well, look who strolled in here. It's Kevin Schulman from a previous episode. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Do you mind? For a few? Can you stay for a few? All right. Well, Kevin might join in, you guys. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Oh my god, I was just I was just gonna tell that, Well what I was gonna say specifically about that, yeah, that's that's and maybe I'm wrong is this my own I had this thought while I was watching it last night about to me one of the scariest moments and this might sound bizarre but I don't know why it's, it's so scary and disturbing to me was the scene with Rodney Dangerfield and Natural Born Killers it, it scared the shit out of me it, it's just I think it's so brilliant too I just it blew my mind when I saw it and for some reason that's what I thought of when I was watching Dog Eat Dog and that that sort of shocking dark dark comedy uh, and that attitude Right. <laughs> but done in the in innocuous, done in this innocuous uh, sitcom fashion with the with the laugh track. Anyway. Oh my God. Gives me goosebumps right now. But anyway, so I had that thought specifically when uh, when uh, when I was watching Dog Eat Dog last night, and uh, I wanted to actually ask you about that if there's. Sort of that tone, or if it, yeah, it's just what he did with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh huh. Uh huh. that audience they're known for i mean they're strong opinions they're gonna they're gonna walk out they're gonna boo they're gonna clap they're gonna stand up depends on what it is but Yeah. Yeah. Right. No, but it sort of naturally tapped right into that zeitgeist there. Yeah. Yeah. Did Have you ever seen God Bless America? The Bobcat go Yeah. Yeah, there's a Right. I think he's brilliant by the way. Actually, I think he's the best black comedy. Yeah, yeah, uh, which I love. Not to get on that too much, but there's a maybe an accidental sort of touch of that si- similar sort of thing where there's a uh, an anger. Yeah, 
gotta check that out again. But it's perfect. I I I I was like, my God, I I under I I agreed so much. The anger about this just fucking stupidity, you know. But there seems to be a little bit of that. There's a touch of that, I think, whether it was an accident or not. And it, it was for you kind of an accident because, like you said, you didn't write it as that. But he took it. Were you? Were you? Are you happy that? Are you? Who knows where the director is going to take a piece of writing and what they're going to do with it? But were you? Uh, when you saw what he was doing, did you know along the way, or did you not know until after it was done? Yeah. Right. It's an interpretation of it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Cartoonish effect? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, so did you, how did you, so tell me how, when, when he called you, did you, did you basically shit yourself? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and since it was him, is that how the, he basically got free, oh, it's Paul Schrader, so let him do whatever the fuck he wants. Sure. And he did. And you're primarily a director. I mean, you're a writer. So uh, did did he? I don't know. Is there any interest? Does he want to collaborate with you again? Or you guys? You guys hit it off pretty well. Yeah. Is he going to reverse roles or like him? Are you going to direct something that he's writing or the same thing? That would be something. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a dream come true. But you have, so what is that? Or you have uh, something else going on uh, as a director, pretty soon, right? Does that have anything to do with the, that Shulman character? That <laughs> No? There's nothing to do with his. So you, it's something that you wrote? Okay. You want, how far along is that? I didn't know. That was a genuine question. I didn't know if he was involved in that. Okay. Maybe without names? 
Okay. 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 Time capsule. Yeah. So you're gonna play it straight, though. I mean, I mean, you're not. Uh... Look around. Oh, that Nef- uh something. Yeah, that, that the Netflix thing, I think, right? No shit. Wow. What a cool choice. <laughs> wow. So it's essentially uh so it's essentially mostly them in a house, right? It's so it's it's Yeah, it sounds it does sound nightmarish actually. Yeah. And claustrophobic and Okay. Yeah, in Silver Lake. <laughs> but that's still on relatively Right. But sometimes these kind of things, like, I don't know why I had this thought, but like, uh, the Beguild. One of the most dreadful, the Beguild with Clint Eastwood. You know that? Beguiled. Beguiled. My English needs help. Is what? Oh, it is. That's right. I read that. That's basically in a bed. I mean, that's like in a room for the most of the movie. And, and uh, it's one of the most dread dreadful I mean the dread yeah you gonna check that out again yeah, I'm glad we brought it up but you know what I mean so I mean that was done really well I was thinking I don't know I, I've had that thought I thought of that movie for some reason when you when you described this new one you know where you're stuck you're stuck in one place and the big guild <laughs> needing some schooling <laughs> ah, how are you? So, now Shulman's here. Did you want to, you needed to go pretty soon, didn't you? Do you want to, do you need to wrap it up? You want to stick around for a few minutes? You want to, let's wrap it up. All right, so, anything else you want to talk about with, uh, with Dog Eat Dog before you get out of here? Or about your new one? Or what else you're up to? Around, uh, you know, 
about the movie. Interesting. Okay. Wow. Is this already greenlit and everything? Or what's that one called again? Bad Company. That's exciting one. Right. Can you uh, can you talk about who you're kind of circling to play Robert Evans? They can't say so. If anybody doesn't know who Robert Evans is, uh, check out the documentary The Kid Stays in the Picture. That's all you got to do. He's quite a character himself. He's a guy... Who <laughs> so just see that documentary and then you'll this will all make more sense. Um, all right, well Schulman's here. So Yeah, uh, we'll cut it. We'll cut it. Well, it's good talking to you, man. Let's do it again after uh, after your next movie. It was good. And maybe it's better that uh, we didn't have our uh, our uh, Steven Seagal uh, Ron Jeremy uh, talk included. Sorry guys. All right, thanks man. Good talk. So that was Matthew Wilder, you guys. I hope you guys really enjoyed that episode. I loved our talk. And as I mentioned at the top, it kind of continued on with Kevin Schulman. So there's, I'm going to go ahead and put them both out, I think, at the same time. There's another episode with uh, Kevin Schulman and Matthew Wilder and I, which is actually really funny. It's really funny. Every time Schulman shows up, it becomes a whole different ballgame. So, um, and we talked for about an hour or so on that one, and it's really funny. It's worth checking out. So stay tuned for that one. Hope you enjoyed this one. And thanks for listening to Triumph and Disaster.